0: Yeah, this is my life. I'm done trying to convince people I'm real. Welcome to the Road to the Olympic Trials podcast presented by the Rambling Runner podcast network, where we take a deep dive into the training of eight of America's best marathoners as they prepare for the Olympic Trials next February in Atlanta. And this episode is with Parker Stinson. I'll tell you what, Parker had a whirlwind two weeks, a couple weeks ago, where he went to the Crim 10-Miler, and then the following week came east to the New Haven Road Race, which was also the USATF 20K Championships, and I'll tell you what a difference a week makes. In this episode, Parker dives in with his trademark honesty and bluntness about exactly what went wrong at the Crim 10-Miler and what went right at the New Haven Road Race. In addition, this podcast episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. I'll get into that during the episode, but Inside Tracker, thank you for the hookup. Also, thank you for listening to this show. I know you'll like it. This one is with our man, Parker Stinson.
1: Hey, Parker, welcome back to the show. Stoked to be here. It's uh, It's been a while. I was episode number one and it's been a few months, I think. So it's good to to check back in with you. For
0: sure. Yeah, we had you on real quick after the announcement regarding the new, um, just the new way people can get uh, qualified for the Olympics with all the changes and the gold race and all that. That was a fun conversation, but we really didn't focus on you and your training. That was kind of more the external stuff. So I thought this would be a great time to get together, as did you, considering you've been a pretty busy guy the past two weeks.
1: Yeah, exactly. I haven't really, I mean, and honestly like when we first talked it was a really good time to talk about a lot of stuff and then it's just been a lot of like until now i mean it's just been a lot of like overall pretty boring training and um you know pretty just standard stuff like i've had one or two exciting workouts but there hasn't been like really much to to talk about it's just been a lot of just out there grinding and putting in the fundamental stuff um so yeah i just raced twice uh One went like horrible and one went really well. Um, So that'll be fun to talk about the kind of two differences there. And then, yeah, I'm excited. I'm back in Boulder now. I'm getting really recovered this week. I'll still run a lot, but just really low intensity. And then, yeah, man, it's like three to four weeks of just super specific big time workouts now, like the kind of stuff that, you know, maybe a little more flashier stuff now in the next three or four weeks. And Chicago will be here in no time.
0: That's for sure. It really will. And we left off last conversation with you, kind of, you know, kind of. You had just gingerly gotten back into running in a way after some spring injuries, and you were just like, "All right, I, you know, you really wanted to get you know into it. You were super excited, but at the same time, you wanted to make sure that you know the the injury train kind <laughs> of didn't continue in 2019. So you know, I guess it's almost a positive that the last two months have been relatively you know, unnoteworthy noteworthy because that would be obviously would be a negative sign. So what's it like for you trying to, trying to maximize your training while minimizing any health concerns that might've been lingering or just things that you were worried about?
1: Yeah, well, it has been a bit noteworthy. Like, I mean, I haven't blown up from an injury, but yeah, it's been really hard. I think, I think that's why, uh, I kind of, my training's just been I get the only word I can say is like just mediocre, like just perfectly average. <laughs> um, I mean, it's been good stuff, but like I haven't really gotten excited in any workout and gotten out of hand because um, I have been dealing with stuff. I'm doing really well now. Uh, but yeah, I had, um, yeah, I got an MRI during this time on my uh, sacrum uh, and that ended up being kind of really weird results. Um, obviously, like it turned out well, but I was having sharp pain in that area and um, I basically had signals on, I had perfectly bilateral stress reaction, like syndromes in my sacrum, but it was in a very unusual area, like super low down. And um, so the radiologists and some doctors and stuff that looked at it were like, this is so strange. And because it's bilateral, we actually don't think we think if you can get these symptoms better, that you're, you're not on your way to a, a, a fracture and a reaction. Um, and so I was like, okay. And, uh, just worked on some stuff, but basically like, um, the, some of the doctors were joking that, uh, to, especially to Dathan, they're like, oh man, you really got yourself a real, a real tight ass of an athlete there. because um, basically, <laughs> yeah, basically they it was getting described as like a traction reaction. Um, My glutes were so tight that they were pulling really hard in that area. And I was having um, pain. You know, I was having some bone pain, obviously. Like, you could see that in the MRI. But um, so that was super stressful. And I took some downtime for that. um, But I got that better, obviously, and really grateful for that. Because that's um, not only is that a huge injury, right, for Chicago and the trials. But um, during this time, Matt, it was when the standards still counted so you had to run to 1130 or whatever so it was kind of like it was so stressful to be like well what do i do obviously i don't want a sacrum stress fracture reaction that's a huge injury but like chicago is so tied. how i do it chicago is now so tied into um the olympic trials so you know i'm really grateful that they ended up being two means in themselves so that i could just do what was best for me um but yeah i'm doing well now uh that was really stressful. I feel really lucky, like I said, that it got better. Um, and really lucky, like the support team I have here from a lot of people in town in Boulder, uh, that helped me make, you know, the best decisions and, and Dathan honestly too, um, is incredible at, at helping me manage, you know, um, what, what's serious stuff and, and what's just stuff to keep running through.
0: And what were you able to do to make sure that that issue wouldn't then have a domino effect? to like creating other problems because obviously when you're you're you're, it's not like you stopped running so you you had these symptoms what were you doing to make sure that it didn't affect you in other ways and all of a sudden it's like okay well now my other hip is bothering me because I'm favoring it or things like that
1: you know honestly um I was just I was so stressed I was just I was just pouring money into seeing anyone and everyone I could I mean I was seeing people probably like three or four times a week and different people and making sure um, you know the hips are aligned, and what can we do, and what's going on, and um, just you know, it's it stinks to spend all that money, but I just kept telling myself that this is my job, and um, you know, if if I do stay healthy, then um, I'll make it all back and more, you know. So you just try to think about it like that. But yeah, it was stressful. So I was just seeing everyone I could. Um, honestly, probably a little too many people. Uh, to the extent that I think <laughs> sometimes, you know, you would get treatment and it would probably help it. And then I'm going to go to get treatment from someone else later that day too. And it probably messes it up. But, um, you know, I just really wanted to, I wanted to have a clear conscience, you know, with whatever happened. If, if I did get injured and whatever, just be like, well, it was out of my hands. I did, I did everything I could, um, tried to be smart and saw everyone that, you know, I could, um, So it sounds like
0: it started to clear up a little bit at around the same time that the qualifications changed. So it almost like didn't become an issue for you in terms of like, okay, should I take some time off or whatnot? Um, you know, please, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like things started to kind of, you know, get better for you around that same time.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It was, it was, um, somewhere like that because I remember, um, Yeah, it it was definitely probably, it was bothering me for a while, but I think it was in its worst stage right before that came out or not. And so um, that was awesome when that came out. I was just kind of like, well, I really want to run Chicago. I think it's super important for my development to like have a chance to be an Olympian at the, um, you know, for 2020 in the marathon, but it wasn't now so connected. So it really did give me that peace of mind and just being like, yeah, if this is, you know, I'm, I was like, I'm not going to get a sacrum stress fracture. Like I'm not going to let that happen. So that was my top priority. And, and so when I didn't have to run Chicago there for like a a week during that time, I think honestly, some of that stress and just like getting to focus on positive things like day to day on like, Oh, it does feel a little bit better today and not worrying so much about the future and what every little thing means probably helped me um, get better uh, in a weird way too. So, um, so yeah, no, that was, that was, uh, that was a definitely, um, a blessing when, when that stuff came out from the IAAF.
0: So what was the strategy, um, for you and Dathan in terms of putting both the Crim 10 miler and the New Haven road race, which is a 20 K on the calendar in preparation for
1: Chicago? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I definitely like, like to race quite a bit and um so I'm only doing, I'm only doing two races. So since I broke that record and Chica- I'm only doing two and then before Chicago. So that's like way less than I normally would. Um but the 25k was such a huge leap in kind of like ability getting like back to that really high level of ability and potential that it was kind of like I didn't feel like I needed to prove myself as much on a you know day-to-day races like I really just want to um get it done at the marathon now. Like that's the next box I need to check. I'm so focused on doing that. Um, anyway, I can, so I wanted to race less. And honestly, I think I was more just like, I think I was just going to run the 20 k US champs. It was the next U S championship since the 25 K cause there was a big break. Um, I always want to go to those. I, I get really excited about those. Um, it's just like, you can't go wrong running them. And, getting top three or top five or winning one is just, um, such a good thing for your sponsors. And, um, everyone knows like it's really hard to place high at those. So I, I set that up and I was like, well, Hey, what do you think Dathan about me coming out for like another 12 to 14 days before the 20 K? Cause that worked so great. And we can do some training together and just break things up. And he's got an amazing team of people out there too, to keep him healthy. So, um, I thought I could change it, change it up too. And maybe, get some help with things that were going on with me. So that was it. I was just going to do that. And, um, then it came up where he's like, I knew he's going to have me run super hard, like some workout, you know, nine days out anyways. And I was like, well, um, I'm already not racing a lot. He's going to do the crim. Um, and you know, they definitely made it worth our while to show up. Um, you know, that was really cool. We did a bunch of appearance stuff and, uh, really cool getting to meet everyone in that community. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Krim and all those people in Flint, um, they're really special. So I just did it because I knew he's going to make me work super hard. And I figured why not do a race and, uh, make some money. And so that's kind of the strategy there. Um, but the 20 K was always, uh, was the real big focus in Chicago. That was it. It was just those two.
0: So let's talk about how, um, how, or if you taper it all for Krim, because um, it's you know it's kind of like treating it like a workout, but obviously a race is inherently different than a workout. Because, well, we're all competitive, and you know once you once you toe of the line, it's like you know it, it kind of brings you to the next level, which is why those can be such uh, such an important day from a training perspective because you can really pull the most out of yourself. So, what was it like for you getting ready for that race, and what were some of the goals that you had in mind prior to?
1: Yeah, no. Um, that's I love what you said about the training perspective and whatever because um, that's why I was really happy with this 20k because I, I missed the boat at Crim. um I I I had problems in that race and I basically couldn't even run it hard enough to get you know that 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 race boost out of it. Um, so that was disappointing. So to go to going into it. I, so I ran a hundred miles the week of Krim and a hundred miles the week of the 20 K. So I didn't back off at all. Um, Dathan and I ran, you know, it's a 20 mile single session. I don't know if you call it a workout. I mean, we ran on Wednesday before Krim was Saturday and we did a workout on Wednesday. We ran five mile warm up, 10 mile fartlek, and then five mile cool down. Um, and that was two or three days before Krim. Um, so, you know, we were training really hard, but I finished like a minute and thirty seconds or something behind Dathan, which was like that. That was no, that was not the plan at all. Um, I I definitely should have been able to stay right with him and maybe beat him a little bit at the end, or like he beat me by ten seconds at the end or something like that. Like, there's no way that um, I was supposed to be that far back. Um, but I just, I don't know. I st- I kind of strained at my calf and my hamstring a little bit in the, at the end of the workout on the cool down, actually not even the workout. Um, and I just couldn't get them better in time. And so then I was in the race at crim and my goal was to run, like you said, like I never look at it as, you know, they're, they're paying us to be there and put on a show. And, um, you know, <laughs> I never thought this, but they were advertising like that. I might break a, the 10 mile. I guess if you break an American record once, they think every time you race, you know, it's, it's going to happen. Um, so that's why I have you on
0: the show, Dathan. You, you're, I mean, I Dathan, so yeah, it's right, it's right <laughs> here, Parker to, 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 to set <laughs> records for this podcast. That's why you're here. I
1: know. I know. So man, <laughs> it was crazy. We were out, we were out at Krim and they were like, oh, are you going to break the record? And they were like, people were like pushing Dathan out of the way and like asking him to take photos of like, uh, of like me with them. And I'm like, dude, this guy, like won crim before and stuff. So (laughs) it was a weird weekend. And the thing is, I knew I was going to run bad because, um, actually felt okay. Like from a fitness and energy standpoint, but walking around and doing all the parent stuff, my calf and hamstring and like adductor were so messed up and I, I did everything I could, but they, they wouldn't calm down. Um, so then, so my goal, my goal was to run run with Dathan and run well, you know. Um run 47 low, 47 mid, something like that. And then um I finally felt okay like on the warm up and I kind of believed I might have a good race. And then uh we got like a mile or two in and along with that up that, that stuff felt okay, but then my low back started killing me. Um and I think it's because I couldn't get my real extension, if that makes sense. I think you know, those things were so tight and I got them to feel okay. But then when we started running 440s, and we're going up and down a little hill and this and that, everything was just too hard. Like, I I don't think I was getting my full stride length. And so I think I was using my back to kind of like fake it and try to get that, that extension. And so I was already at like, three miles. And I had no, I had no fire and no toughness to even compete because I was just using it all for like the pain that I was feeling in my back and my legs. So, um, you know, I tried, I tried to stay with those guys and they dropped me and I, I tried to keep my heart rate up for like another two or three miles. And then, and then, that and then like we got to the easier part of the course, which was downhill. And I started running slower because like it downhill, like opening up my stride on the downhill actually felt way worse than going uphills. Um, so that stunk, man. Yeah. I just got dropped and was in pain and just ran by myself. And, you know, honestly, um, people were nice, you know, like, Oh, you're in marathon training, whatever. But like, that was embarrassing. And, uh, you know, I, I am in marathon training, but as you saw, I was in marathon training at the 20 K and I went through 50 seconds faster than crim and then kicked it in in the next two miles. <laughs> so, <Right>. and, um, <laughs> and I,
0: and I know you too, man, like, I, I can imagine you probably not saying this to people when they're like, you know, trying to be, you know, receptive and, and, and kind to you. But I imagine you being like, yeah, dude, we're all here. Marathon training. <laughs> like, you no, know, yeah. like, this isn't the goal yeah. race for any of the top people here, you know? So I can see you just being like, you know, I'm very frustrated with that, with that uh, whole, whole experience.
1: Oh, that's just not what I'm about. And, you know, honestly, because we've touched on it a few times, like, What was really frustrating is like, I haven't gotten to race since, um, the 25 K and I have been working really hard and really smart. You know, I've been doing all the things in training and paying all this money to stay healthy and being smart and I am in, I'm in good shape. And so to come out to crim and, um, I mean, that's not, I didn't have to light the world on fire, but I wanted to have fun and just show everyone that, yeah, you know, I have been missing some time, but I've been working hard in Boulder by myself and, um, I wanted to show that. and so to run just so far away from even anything reasonable was just, was just like, yeah, it was just really frustrating and disappointing because I could, I could almost run that man, like without training very much. Like I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like barely breaking 49 minutes is, and it was a nice day in Krim. Like it wasn't bad weather. Um, you know, that's, that's not, um, that's just not appropriate for someone who, uh, is, you know, being paid to be a professional runner and stuff. (laughs) So yeah anyway. So so
0: you end up running four fifty-four pace, which yep you know, I'm sure you're looking at that and you're like, dude, I'm hoping to like run a little faster (laughs) than that for the marathon.
1: Maybe five minute five minute pace or so, you know, like right under five minutes. I don't know about four (laughs) fifty-four, (laughs) but so
0: um one one quick side note, you know, you talked a little bit about Dathan. Um one other person who was there obviously there were a lot of high level runners there, but one of the other people there was a, a fellow the Olympic Trials uh, podcast athlete is John Ranieri. So he ran, oh. he ran well that day. Did you have a chance to see him at all, and what your impressions were of him?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he looked great. Um, we talked a little bit before the race, and he was excited to be there. And um, you know, John's John's coming into his own, and uh, I, I love the way he runs. Um, he he reminds me of myself a little bit from a few years ago, where he's always up in the front, and he looks great, and he's running hard. And he just can't quite run up there with those top guys yet. I mean, he was in front of me for a lot of the race, like for the first, well, I, he was way in front of me, but he was like running with the, um, the Kenyan guys and he looks great and he can't quite hold that yet, but then he fades back and, after going out hard and then he settles into that pace and then still runs great. And it just reminds me of, uh, a lot of my races before I kind of started to have some breakthroughs where I was like, I would go out and I like just couldn't quite hang with that that aggressive pace but i but i felt too comfortable running back there with that second group and so i'd be really frustrated i was like man i know i can run better but i can't quite um so i think i think he's gonna have a really big breakthrough um you know whether i i don't know if it'll be in the marathon or anything like that um but i think he's gonna have a big breakthrough at just some sort of race um because i remember doing that all the time man just knocking on the door and be like, God, I know I can do it. I just gotta be tougher. I know I can do it. And uh kind of falling short again and again, but still running well. You know, John ran well, like you said. Um, but it's like if he just turns that a little bit different, he goes from running 4750 to, you know, 47 flat. It's just it it's only it seems like a big deal. It's 50 seconds, but it's not because it's just one move or one mile that broke him off that pack. And then you're kind of like stuck in a different race. Um, so if he can just get 1% fitter fitter, you run so much faster. So I'm excited to see what he does. Um, he's a nice guy and he works really hard. So, you know, what's not to, what's not to cheer for.
0: There you go. Yeah. I remember talking to his coach, uh, who's also my coach actually, um, after that race, he was like, yeah, he goes, he goes, he goes, it took John a little by surprise, just the difficulty of the course. I think he thought it was going to be a little flatter or something like that. I don't want to speak for John, but I remember James telling me that that after the fact he was really happy with how he ran, but the course did take him by a little a little bit by surprise in terms of its uh its difficulty compared to what his expectations were
1: yeah oh it's like a it's it's like a cross country course um I mean the crazy thing is like it was almost perfect weather too, and we still only ran um, those times, you know, so, um, we all could have run way slower if it wasn't good weather. So it's, it's tough. I mean, it's just rolling hills kind of the whole way. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I thought going in, I think I'd heard that they were trying to run pretty fast and I was like more power to you. Cause you know, Dathan's just run that course so many times that I knew, um, that it must be hard. Uh, so I kind of going into, it was like, I think if I could run 47 30 ish, that would be great. Um, because I knew, I think Dathan Dathan's run it really well and run a lot. I think his best time was like 47 19 or forty-seven fifteen. you know? So, um, I knew that it wasn't, you know, a ma- like a magically fast course or anything like that.
0: I want to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Inside Tracker. Listen, when it comes to diet and nutrition, it seems like there are a million voices in the wilderness, all just screaming out. It's hard to understand what to think about nearly any kind of food. And that's why personalized nutrition can be so helpful and valuable. And the key to doing that is getting your blood work done, seeing where you are on a biomarker scale, and you can optimize exactly what your body needs. And that's exactly what Inside Tracker does. They track up to 43 different biomarkers. They've optimized zones specifically designed for you. And also, they have science backed recommendations for different ways where you can improve different markers and your levels. So give inside tracker a try. It's such a valuable resource. Listen, all the top athletes in the world, they get their blood work done and they have professionals taking a look at it to make sure that they're on the right path. Shouldn't you be able to do the same thing? So use code rambling runner to save 10% on inside tracker today. All right, so let's talk about the week between Crim and the New Haven road race. You already mentioned that you stuck with the 100-mile weeks. Um, obviously you were coming off a, you know, a race where you, you you had some body issues. So how did you manage the body issues and even more importantly, how did you manage your mentality after that race because you, <laughs> you, know, you you've expressed in a very frank way that you were not you were not pleased in any way with that performance. So how did you how did you get over that in time for New Haven?
1: Yeah, um, just Dathan. Dathan, I mean, it was just amazing. Like, he just believes in me so much. And like, it's crazy. But he was just like, dude, your stuff was, your muscles were strained and this and that. And like, that's why you ran like that. And it's really hard to believe that as an athlete, you know, because like, sure, it's just hard to put like, oh, one thing made me run 90 seconds slower than I was supposed to because I felt like I was trying hard. Um, and so it was hard to believe that, um, cause to me as an athlete, even though I knew I had an excuse, it just kind of felt like, oh, when the going got tough, you know, I just didn't really rise to the occasion and have it. And that just a frustrating kind of sour feeling, um, especially because I hadn't raced in so long and stuff. So, um, that was difficult. So Dathan just like, but he didn't even bat an eye. He was like, dude, we just have to get you feeling better. And like a lot of the things that didn't go right today like mentally or this and that they'll they'll all fix themselves when you just feel like yourself um so we could have analyzed all these problems that I did wrong in the race but the fact of the matter is like 4:45 pace shouldn't have been that hard for me and it really was um because of stuff going on so you know he just helped me get out of that and we just focused on like I said I ran 100 miles a week but it was a lot of recovery runs um and yeah, I was fired up. Honestly, Matt, I was like super grateful that I had another race because as I've said a few times, I, I've i been training alone and um, eyes on Chicago and and stuff, but to like have good workouts and then go to a race and, and run that poorly. And then if I hadn't had another race really coming up soon and had to just go into Chicago, I think that would have been really hard. Um, you know, I'm a confident person, but it would have been hard to like run that bad and then have the fire in training and believe that like you're in good shape after kind of that sour, that sour performance. So, um, I was really looking forward to the 20 K. Um, I knew the thing I focused on the most was, was getting my body right because I believed in Dathan and I believed in our training and I believed in a lot of the workouts that had gone well. So I was like, I know if I can just get to feeling normal by the 20 K, um, that, I'll, it'll be great um so uh we just did some recovery stuff but then the big difference was so I ran a lot but I did um five times a mile or 1600 whatever on the track and um four times a minute hill afterwards and I did that like th- so I got an extra recovery day that was like three or four days before the race so a lot of recovery and um before crim my last three to four workouts basically were all like, longer tempo um not like vo2 max or power workouts and so i think that system was just really worn out um and not only did i have you know the muscular stuff but i think i was just worn out so to do the five times a mile we did like and it was windy and i was by myself so i was pretty happy with this it did 437 438 439 reverse on the track um 434 and 429. And the biggest thing is I was actually pretty happy with those times, but more than anything, um, it was it was challenging. And it was something that I needed to prove to myself before I went to the 20K that it that I could I could dig down in a workout a little bit when I needed to. Uh, but it's only five times a mile, you know. So I'm not digging down and wearing myself out. It's just enough that I'm proving to myself, hey, I'm fine. This system's gonna get a big boost from doing this workout. Um, and then when I go to the 20K, now that I've gotten some more power, you know, running some 430 pace, um, I think the tempo and all that strength can kick in. So that's kind of all we did. Um, and the body kept coming around. And then the system felt pretty good at the 20K. Like I say, after doing, um, a track workout in some hills, uh, that just sets me up a lot better for a race performance than doing, uh, a 10 mile fart, like in a 20 mile in one session. So that was kind of the difference there.
0: And then you're going into this race, which is very different than Krim, because with Krim, you had like, all right, I'm going to feed off Dave, right? He's a vet. He's run this course so many times. We're going to, we're relatively the same fitness level. I can just feed off him and we'll just go from there. Obviously, that's not how it worked out. But from a strategy standpoint, that makes all the sense in the world. This field obviously was different, right? You got, you know, it's, it's it's a championship race. You got a high quality field in there. What was your thinking from the outset regarding strategy? And, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll give up the goose a little bit here. I, you just obviously just went right to the front uh, of <laughs> that lead group.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I just went right to the front and uh, got after the first mile. Felt good. Um, and, you know, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to come up with a strategy because um, the start list and stuff was weird. Like I saw the start list and I was like, OK, this is who's here. And then I would be like in the hotel and there'd be like, I'd see random good people that like weren't on a start list walking around the hotel. And I was like, what the hell? So I just was like, you know what? I can't even focus. I have no strategy anymore, except focusing on myself, which honestly should be everyone's strategy probably anyways. Um, But it was a good reminder because I was like walking around the hotel and I was like, dude, I didn't know this person was going to be here. This person was going to be here. So, um, I just brought it back to myself and like what I needed out of this race. And it was a few things. Um, as I mentioned, I knew I needed, so I missed the boat at Cram. I, I I didn't get the effort I needed. Um, I could do that in a workout and I was like, well, I need to get a race effort. This is my last chance before Chicago. So I needed to, you know, go to a dark place in this race and, uh, come out the other side, something you can't, you know, get as much in, in training. So that was a big thing I wanted out of it. Um, you know, the other thing is, I really wanted a. I I I kind of wanted. I wanted the win, you know. But Leonard' career has been looking really good again. Um, he just won Falmouth. He made another world championship team. Um, I thought it was going to take. You know, I, it was going to take something kind of weird happening. I felt like for me to win, like he was going to have to have. He was going to have to run a weird. You know, just keep me in it too long, and somehow I outkick him, which probably not happen either. So, my kind of mindset was more like I really wanted top three. And then kind of thought, hey, you know, second second might be um, doable as well. So I just got out in 4:38 and got to the front, um, and that was a big overcorrection from Krim too. Um, and Krim, just because I was feeling so bad, like you said, I just sat behind Dathan, and that's just not a good way for me to run. Um, I'm re- I realized that like um, I don't have to always run out front, leading like a crazy person, but I need to be out there running with people, engaged, kind of running the course, how I want to run it and, and all that kind of stuff. And at Krim, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to just sit behind Dathan and like, whatever. And I'm not feeling good. So I'll just try to stay with him. And that's just like a bad mindset I think to have for a race. Cause it's not a workout, you know, it, it's going to be really hard. And so at the 20 K I just said, you know what, I need to get out there, get engaged and, and run my way. Um, and hopefully everything, you know, cooperates. Um, and so, uh, luckily it did. I, I did feel I felt tired. You know, I definitely felt like someone who is marathon training, but it was a big difference from cram. Like I felt healthy, um, where cram, I just, I hadn't, I didn't really have anything to work with. So. And were
0: you keeping tabs on Scott Fawbel? Uh, I know that he unfortunately had to pull from the race, but was he somebody that you were kind of taking an extra look at while you were there?
1: Yeah. I mean, Scott, Scott, um, you know, I would, I would love to have one marathon as good as his three. So, you know, I really, I, I respect Scott a lot, but I, I, um, really respect him, uh, in the marathon, but I also knew, you know, because he's had so much success at the marathon and still hasn't won a US um, title yet. He's been second in a bunch. I knew he was going to, I knew they were really fired up for this. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely thought he was going to, I mean, I thought he would be really hard to beat and, um, and could maybe, I mean, I thought he could just pull away from us probably at the end or something, because I just didn't feel like I was really going to have the power um, right now to, to cover some big moves. Um, so, yeah, Scott was like, for sure, someone um, that I expected to run well. And then, too, you know, um, in the race, I don't know if you watched the video, but he looked really, really good um, in the first few miles. Uh, he sits kind of back um, while we're out leading a good clip he covers everything really smart, slowly. And then, um, Leonard makes a good move and Scott's like one of the few people that tries to go with it. Um, and, and then, yeah, I didn't know he dropped I mean, honestly, and then I I just did my thing and just stayed so focused on myself. Like that's what I was really proud of in this race. Um, I had no idea like that he wasn't there. And all of a sudden, you know, we got to like nine or 10 miles and we started going up this hill and all, and, and there was only two, there was only three of us left. And I couldn't believe it because I didn't really feel like a big move was made. I think just kind of the course, the humidity, and the distance um, took the toll on people eventually. Um, and I guess Scott was just, one. Want- I mean, I, yeah, I, he was just gone. I had no idea. So I definitely expected him to be someone to beat at the end. So
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have a question for you just about how you approach the the finishing kick here. Because you had a career <laughs> that was kind of out, out ahead right? And then you had Nathan Martin who was roughly 10 seconds ahead of you. And then you had was it Gerald was 10 seconds behind you. So you so when you're in that spot where you're kind of like equally sandwiched between two individuals, do you typically or in, no, say typically, in this case, were you more focused on closing the gap in front of you or maintaining the gap behind you? Like, where is your mindset in
1: those, in those dude, instances? Dude, it was crazy. I wish. Um, I wish USATF TV got our last two miles because um, everyone's been asking this question and it's, it's nuts. So we broke away. Nathan Martin was dropped. He was not even, you could barely see him in the video. It was me, Reed Fisher and Gerald Mock. And the craziest thing is we weren't, we weren't playing games. Like we all were making moves and we were keeping the clip going. Like we three were closing down a little bit on Leonard, you know, we were running well. So it's not like we were just all waiting around to kick and Nathan caught us. Um, Somehow, somehow he caught us all alone while we were ripping. And when he caught us, and so this is the other thing, the last two miles was into a pretty good headwind, which was was horrible. Um, So how it happened around a mile and a half to go or so, Nathan caught us out of nowhere. Like. Um, I kind of knew he would because I just saw him at, uh, the Crims. So I knew he was going to run well, but it was funny when he came by, I could just see like, um, Reed Fisher and Gerald mox like kind of composure change. Cause they were like, they probably thought it was me or something coming up because it was like, wait, who, where did this guy come from? Because, um, he came up and he just had so much energy that he just kind of blew by us. And, and then Reed Fisher actually was the only one who went with him. So then. Nathan pulled away from Reed. So Nathan was pulling away from Reed looking amazing. And then Reed was about four or five seconds up from Gerald and I. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, and, and I was in fifth place until about 800 to go. And um, I don't know. I just really wanted third and uh, I just snapped. And I like, I probably closed my last 800 in like 213 or something. Uh, Cause I, I went from four seconds behind Reed. To catching him and then beating him by like seven seconds. Um, and then I was with Gerald and ended up beating him by like two or three. So, um, I was pumped, man. Uh, especially in road races, you don't get to outkick people very much. And I mean, if I was in 12th place and I outkicked people to like 10th, I'd still be pretty happy. Um, so to go from, to go from fifth to third was, was, was pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I just kind of tried to stay. Within myself, um, all those guys were making moves and it was windy. And I mean, it was hard for me. Like if I could have covered Reed's move, I would have. But I also kind of could, I could feel like if I just stayed in this zone, I could tell that I could have a good last 800. Um, I didn't know that it would work and I would, you know, catch those guys. But I, I, I wasn't going, you know, when they were going kind of max and putting their bids in for the win, uh, I was staying close but i wasn't trying to you know uh go like round you know punch for pun- every single punch with them i was just kind of staying in my zone so that's kind of how it worked out it was it was it was wild though
0: yeah especially with a road race right because it's so different just judging how much space you have left as opposed to like if you're on the track it's like all right do i make my move with 1200 to go you're like oh i don't know like that's you know it's, it's very quantifiable Whereas, like, if, if it's a if it's a course, like a road course, it can be a little bit more harrowing in terms of, wait, how how much more mileage do we actually have left here? You know what I mean? It can be, it's not, it doesn't seem to be quite as an exact science.
1: Oh, yeah. And it seemed like an eternity because it was a, it was a headwind and it was in the straightaway. And you could just, it reminded me, honestly, of the finish at Terre Haute, um, that, like, 500 meters at Terre Haute where, everyone's like in a line and you're all going like max but no one's like running together um but now imagine that instead of 500 meters it was like 2k <laughs> so it was hor- it was horrible um but uh it was fun I mean I'm glad it worked out for me um to to get third that was really cool um and, and definitely really proud of that but yeah it was uh man it was there was like there was probably five moves made by people in that last mile and a half of, of our group. So it would have been, I wish, I wish we would have been battling for the win. So it would have been on USATF TV because it would have been fun. It would have been really fun to watch, but that's okay. You know, they got to, they got to showcase the winner. So, um, makes sense.
0: It's, It's so evident how excited you are just by just talking about racing. So now that, now that the, now that the bug has bitten, um, you must just be so amped for Chicago at this point.
1: I, man, I'm super amped. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why too. Um, it's something I've been I'm still trying to explain it the right way. I've been trying to explain it to like some people why the 20K was so great for me. Um so the 25k when I ran that great time was a huge breakthrough in a completely different way. Like it just showed kind of like my hard work, my talent, my ability. But I just went out and ran and did my thing, and that's great. Um but for being a trying to be a marathoner and make the Olympic team and all this kind of stuff, um, I'm probably not going to just go front run the Olympic trials and pull that off, you know. So, what was so great about the 20k for me was I ran just totally ran my way. I got out, I ran a strong pace. But what I'm so proud of, Matt, is that I sat in there and took all these punches for the race, um, feeling sometimes feeling good, sometimes feeling really tired. But I said, no, I've just got to stay right here. Keep believing. Keep the faith. Like I, I can, I can move at the end. I know I can, and that's what got me through a lot of the race. And so then at the end, you know, I closed down on tired legs, but sitting in there and dealing with all those like mental emotions of like the whole field was there for a lot of the race, and you know, people look really good, and it kind of gets to you if you if you look at that and that. So the twenty k, I got so many, I got such a huge breakthrough on execution and mental um, focus that I'm going to need to be successful at the marathon for me. Um, because I've really struggled in road races to sit in there with people and feeling easy at times, but just like sit and wait and then beat people at the end. That's been something that's been really hard for me. I'd much rather just try to like out fitness you, you know, like the whole raid, just like be in better shape. um, but you can't really do that in the marathon that much. So I'm just so pumped for Chicago because I really feel like the 20 K I ran it like a marathoner. I just ran so smart. I ran with a big group and I didn't let the group um, psych me out. And I didn't let worry about people um, because if I had, man, I, I, I would have struggled, you know? Um, and it's like, if I had been focusing on Scott Foble or focusing on this or that, um, you know, it might've, it might've been a really big negative thing. And you just can't do that because, you know, when you focus on yourself, good things happen. And like, you know, you don't even, and then Scott has a tough day and, um, I think he's a little injured or something. He he has to drop out and, you know, it's like, why, why focus on other people? Cause you don't know how they're feeling, you know, even though they might look good. Um, so it was just a huge breakthrough for me for what I need to do in the marathon, I think. So I'm really feeling really fortunate that I got to, um, do my last race before, Chicago and work on so many marathon things for me. So, I love it.
0: Parker, thanks for coming on and touching base on all of these things. This is really exciting. I can't wait to talk to you just before Chicago, just to see how the last month or so progresses. Thank you so much for
1: coming on. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm excited. It's uh, It's time to get serious now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Talk to you later. See ya.
0: Parker, thank you so much for hopping on the call. Always such a good time talking to Parker. I just love the honesty and energy he brings to every conversation and every show that we have him on. Thank you so much for listening, rating and reviewing the show as the fall picks up. We're going to have, uh, I shouldn't say we're going to have, we're going to go back to two episodes a week in the near future. Cause there's going to be a lot of stuff going on with all these fall marathons. That's for sure. So keep a lookout. Also, Big ups to Inside Tracker for sponsoring this episode. Use code RAMBLING RUNNER at Inside Tracker to save 10% today. Thank you so much and happy running. This has been a production of the Rambling Runner Podcast Network. Thank you to my producer, David Margetti from In Post Media. Also, thank you to Metapy for the music and his song Evolution.